the imprint comes from a conversation and that to me comes through connection and that's something that's really core in all of my work. There's a real soul connection and presence and there are people that say, no, you don't need that and that's great. They don't need that, but I need that and it's taken me a long time. I can tell you it's taken me a very long time. It's taken me a lot of life traumas, bereavements, stresses, menopause, parenting to realise that my way doesn't have to be the same as everybody else's way. That is Simply Focus with every journey and Dumbly Gouda for life and joy and We've got a brand new exciting episode for you. Please welcome your host, Elfie Cherney and Dominic Godad. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode number 76, and we are here with Sue Licorice today. Hi, Sue. Hi, Elfie. Hi, Dominic. Hello, Sue. We've been knowing each other for such a long time. We danced at several soul conferences. <laughs> we walked at soul summer retreats, and whenever we saw each other, it was such a heart-touching and lovely time we had together. Big, big thank you, not only for a long-lasting friendship, but also for having us here in your house and for having this conversation with us today. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. I have to say it's my honor. I can't tell you how excited I am to have Hearty parked out there and have you guys sitting here, all three of you. Yeah, Hearty is standing in the driveway. Bibiana is in the living room and she's <laughs> watching a movie and we're in here in the kitchen in your lovely house and it's really an honor and also pleasure for us to be here. You're a conversation changer. You've worked with Solution Focus for several years. Whenever we met, we talked a lot about development. I know that a lot of things have changed over the years, and it will be very interesting to talk about all that. You also have a lot of experience in working with organizations and also with individuals, and we are very much looking forward to the answers to our first question, Sue. <gasps> what fascinates you about Solution Focus? Do you know what? As I've listened to the other podcasts and I've thought about that question, it blows my mind because where do you start? And I had to really think hard about this because I think I have now been working with Solution Focus for such a long time that it's so normal that it's hard to notice what fascinates me because, you know, fish can't see water. And so, you know, one of the reasons we don't have to do too many sessions with people is that it's easy for them to pick up and use it in their own lives. The other thing that fascinates me, the other main point really is what people learn about themselves in the process of doing so and what it enables them to discover that makes a difference in their lives, their organizations, their families. It's quite some years ago, I think you mentioned earlier, 2002, that you came across Solution Focus and you had one of those lovely wow moments when you were introduced to Solution Focus. So could you share a little bit about that, how your story began and what was that fascinated you at the beginning of your journey? Sure. I first met Mark McCurgo when I was working as a consultant with another consultancy and he came to talk about solution-focused approach. And we had maybe an hour and a half and I was completely blown away. And I remember saying, what, we don't have to talk about the problem? And <laughs> I can't believe now, looking back at what we know, that that was even a question. <laughs> it's like, of course you don't have to. That's so obvious now. But at the time, it wasn't. 
And for many people, this can be already the end of solution focus when they see that we're not talking about problems and we are so used to that. And well, for many people I have seen, they say, well, that's nothing that can work. It's too simple. It's only it's a superficial. So what was it that made you stick with it or that fascinated you about this? Wow, we don't have to talk about problems. I guess it somehow felt liberating mm. and it opens up opportunities and it opens up perspectives and as I think about it now it's also so much more energizing it really is an energizing approach whereas previous approaches you know I did a practitioner and a master practitioner in neuro-linguistic programming I've done other things I worked as a corporate trainer an in-house trainer and there were lots of things I did but they felt hard work and complicated, particularly NLP was very complicated and hard work. And there's something very leveling by bringing a way of working and talking to people that enables them to access the very best and move forward with a wider perspective and with that sense of strength. And wow, I'm actually okay and I can do this. If I take one step at a time, I can do this. So it was a one and a half hours course that made you curious about solution focus. And how did the journey go on from there? Well, separately, I met Paul Z. Jackson, I don't know, maybe a year later and a completely unrelated event. And then later that year did their two day training, which then, of course, got me hooked into working with the approach. And of course, in the early days, as most people are, you're very fanatical is the word you know and you want to share it with everybody and you want to tell everybody about it and then you realize that talking about it actually doesn't help it doesn't matter people don't actually care what they're interested in is what difference it makes but they don't even know that so the wonderful thing I love about it is that you can then start just having conversations with people in a different way that sets them off on a journey. Can I tell a quick story? Very quick story. So the Soul Summer Retreats, the second retreat was in 2011. That was the one that I co-organized with a small group with Petra and Julia and Manuela. And you came to that one, I believe, Dominic. Yep. Yep. So as I was at Luton Airport waiting to get on my flight, and those were in the days when EasyJet didn't have allocated seats, I heard somebody call my name. And it was somebody that I'd previously had as a client, somebody who lived here locally. And the opportunity came about because there were no allocated seats that we could sit together for the journey, both flying to Zurich. And it turns out that he was moving his whole family to Zurich, his job, his whole family. And then as the conversation continued... He said, do you know, all of this started in that conversation in your garden all those years ago. Wow. And what did you say? <laughs> it was completely amazing. I mean, to me, that's so humbling. And what it makes me really aware of is that we have to be very mindful because we have no idea what the sprinkles that we put out there in the world, we have no idea where they'll land or what effect they will have down the line. We have to be very mindful. I love that phrase. So how do you do that, being mindful? So one of the things that Solution Focus is very hot on is about our use of language. And it's about carefully choosing the words that we use when we're constructing questions, when we're giving uh, feedback or responses, and thinking about how the questions we ask set people up. And there are plenty of times, I mean, please don't think that I'm perfect at this. I can tell you more times that I've messed up, particularly with my family here in this house, than I'd like to say, actually. They'll probably tell you later at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
just wanted to say that we'll meet them later and we'll ask them about all the moments where did great solution-focused work with them in here. I think the thing is, if you're really solution-focused, it really doesn't matter how much you've got it wrong. In the very next question, comment, reflection, you can get yourself back into a better direction. And I think that's really important, actually, building on. Yeah, I love that. So it's not one question. It's not one answer. It's like we always have a second chance to ask a better question or to listen better for what's important to another person. And by that, having a different kind of conversation. And you mentioned different kind of conversations earlier. So how did your conversations change after you were introduced to Solution Focus? Well, I think it's fair to say I'm not the most patient of people. <laughs> and I found that I had a lot less tolerance and patience for all of the rubbish that was involved with going around in circles about problems and complaining. Oh, I can complain plenty. You know, ask my husband about the stacking of the dishwasher kind of <laughs> questions. But there's something about always having your eye on what's better. You know, why am I complaining? And I think that's one of the things, listening to people, when you hear people complaining, recognizing the things that are important to people. Obviously, when those things are violated, that's what they complain about. And so it's nice. It's really important to be able to spot those traits and help people see them in themselves and use them to their good. I suppose it's a bit like Aikido, really. You know, it's using their own negative complaints, their negative energy into their good. And I remember conversations we had like the last 10 years or even more at conferences at sold summary retreats and other instances about our own way of doing solution focus. And we're curious, how did you develop your own way of doing solution focus? And what did you find out on the way? <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing now, really, because I've struggled with this a lot. In the early days, of course, because I'm a very enthusiastic learner, you know, I'm a trainer, I'm a learner, I love trying new things, you know, I'll give anything a go. And of course, when I first was learning it, I got really curious about this whole idea of being pure. Now, I was very fortunate as well to be on Steve DeShazer's last ever training at Brief in 2005, two days before he died. And then with INSU in Vienna in 2006 after the conference. So I feel very blessed to have spent time with the original developers and learning from both of them and recognizing that it's different now. And we're all different now. And I think you can't ever step into the same river twice. The mistake that many of us make when we're learning is to try and do it like somebody else. And actually, I don't necessarily think that's a mistake because sometimes you have to push up against your own edges to know what works and what doesn't work. Actually, now as I think about that, that's really what I've been doing for the last, oh gosh, I don't know, 16 years, I suppose. As I've pushed my edges and I've pushed the edges of what I can do and thought about the times when I've done my best work and what's been present and the times when I've done my worst work and what's been missing or what's been in the way. So recognizing, you know, in true improvisational style, there are no failures. You know, you build on what's there and sometimes you get an unintended outcome. And sometimes I think twice in my entire career as an organizational consultant and trainer, I've messed up so badly that I wanted to get into a hole and never come out again. And then when I did come out, go and get a job in the supermarket because I just wasn't good enough to do this work. You know, how can I even put myself out there with groups? 
And yet at my best, you know, we've had the most amazing time with groups when we're all in connection, when we're all in flow. And I think one of the things, this leads me on really to that, to thinking about that, the idea in Solution Focus that we leave no footprints. And while that's of course important in terms of not telling the client what to do, that's what we mean by leave no footprints, isn't it? That the client does it themselves. I think it's really wrong to think that we can't leave an imprint because that's what we've all done on each other. You know, the reason I'm so excited to have you here is because you're just amazing, beautiful people, you know, and I love you dearly. And this whole community, this big family that we're part of, you know, we can't go around doing that without leaving imprints on each other and on our clients. And I guess it's like the story of that client, you know, he did that himself, but the imprint comes from a conversation. And that to me comes through connecting and that's something that's really core in all of my work. There's a real soul connection and presence. And there are people that say, no, you don't need that. And that's great. They don't need that, but I need that. And it's taken me a long time. I can tell you it's taken me a very long time. It's taken me a lot of life traumas, bereavements, stresses, menopause, parenting to realize that my way doesn't have to be the same as everybody else's way. And I think this is a constant balance that many of us in the community have. How do we walk that path of purity? If you look at the very latest pure thing, essentially there's two questions, you know, what do you want and what does it look like? So why did we learn all the other stuff, you know? Yeah. So what did you discover in those moments of brilliance that you mentioned before where it went really, really well? And what did you do differently there? Mm. This is a really brilliant place to ask a solution-focused question, which is exactly what I did. Because, you know, when you're really stuck, solution-focused helps you get out, doesn't it? So knowing that I've done some really good work and those moments of having done some terrible work and you can't ever blame the clients. They are as they are. And our job is to meet them where they are. And the times when I've done badly, is where the attention has been on myself and how well I'm performing and trying to get it right. And the times when it's gone brilliantly is when I've just absolutely been in the moment with whatever happens and completely ready and present to respond and deal with it. I remember a particular workshop. I was actually working with a German colleague in Germany once. And actually it was just after a really difficult bereavement. You may or may not remember my nephew was killed in a road rage attack. That was in 2008, it was a very difficult time. And I had a workshop planned in Germany and we didn't know when the funeral was going to be, but the workshop happened to be the day after the funeral. I wasn't sure if I could do it, but what happened was I turned up to this workshop so fully wide open, just so present, so emotionally open, engaged in love. Because of that, I hadn't been involved in the setup of the workshop. And so when we turned up, my colleague who had prepared a really good workshop, the participants by coffee break were not happy with the structure of the workshop. And we had a discussion at coffee and it said, well, it's all going wrong. You know, what are we going to do? And I said, oh, we'll be fine. Do you know, after what I've been through recently, you know, this is easy. After having asked them what they want, we gave them a small solution-focused task to do while we quickly redesigned the rest of the day, all around well-known solution-focused exercises that were used with groups. And the workshop, just from turning up and being present, and because my colleague who had invested in it, he was really worried about it. And of course, I had no reason to worry. I had no investment in the design. I had nothing to lose. I was just turning up to deliver it. I was working in German, which is already a stretch for me. And we just went with it. We just remade 
made the day from that moment. And at the end of the day, whereas in the morning, these group of 20 managers had been sitting with their arms crossed and, you know, pushing back against it. They were hugging each other. They were hugging us. This is not normal for German managers in my experience. And it was like, oh, it's so wonderful. Oh, we're all so connected. And I really thought about how did I do that? And it was really about being humble enough not to be trying to get it right, not to be pushing through my agenda. And I think that's when I look at the other time that I can think of was when I was pushing through my agenda that I thought was right for the people that wasn't right for them. And those are painful learnings. But if you learn from them, and what is it I'm wanting? And what have I done well? And how do I know? And how can I spot the difference? You know, those sparkling moments up the scale, we would talk about the highlights. If we were talking about, you know, what's the highest it's been on the scale? And what's the difference? And what do you notice? That's what Solution Focus have helped me to do to take those times and then to get back out of the hole and, you know, get back out there again and talk to people. I really love how you highlight that and also like looking at those moments where things didn't work out, but not with the intent of analyzing them, but really with the intent of learning from them and learning from the differences between those moments where it didn't work as well and the moments where it went great or brilliant. Yeah, that's really it. It's noticing the difference when it's better. So how did this experience change your everyday practice? Because we don't have funerals every day. No. <laughs> how did this experience change your workshops, for example, or your conversations you have with people? I think one of the things we might do when we're learning something new is we try to follow it. And what I noticed was that if I'm trying to do good solution focus, I might be missing out other parts of things that are important to me. What I sometimes noticed working with organizations was that I would turn up and be a proper organizational person. And then I'd go home and I'd do my yoga and my meditation and my Tai Chi. And I would go to satsang and I'd do my spiritual practice. And those two wouldn't meet. They would only meet in as much as that was the Sue that turned up to workshops. I always work with love. And again, those moments when it didn't work, the love wasn't there really because I was so stuck in kind of the fear and the ego. It's love or it's fear. And, you know, if fear is there, the fear of having to get it right, it kind of doesn't leave much room for the love. And my best work always is combining the masculine and the feminine, the sacred masculine good stuff with the sacred feminine good stuff and bringing both together. You know, it's the yin and the yang, you know, look at my painting and trying to do SF without bringing everything that's important to me. It feels really awkward. So the other thing, which will only apply to half of the <laughs> listeners of this podcast, was I had a really terrible menopause experience, which really stopped me from functioning in the world, actually quite badly. And I'm pleased to say that I'm emerging from that and turning my work now towards helping women in this way. But one of the other things that happens through menopause is waking up that Shakti energy and the Kali energy, the fierce warrior that says, 
hang on a second, I don't have to keep doing this. Also, my mum died a few years ago and I'm number six child in a large family. So I'm kind of used to being told what to do by other people. And all of these structures in my life broke. So the family structure that was holding things in place, the person that was trying to get it right, the woman who wasn't confident or self-assured enough, the one who said, you know, they're telling me it's like this and their voice is louder, so they must be right. Because that's all of the patterning I had. And I know there are lots of people that will say this is not relevant to solution focus, but to me, it's really relevant about how I show up in the world. And so the process of looking after my mum until she died and the process of managing the affairs, selling the family home that we did last year, family home for 65 years, And all of the things that came up in the family, you know, I used SF for every single meeting to help us move through because I can tell you there were some really tough times as we were navigating the things, how we manage those affairs between us as siblings. And so the structure that held me in place as number six child and the pre-menopausal lack of confidence and all of the other stuff that's going on in the world, you know, I'm now saying hell, you know, who are they to tell me what to do? And who am I to keep deferring to it all the time? So this has been a huge journey for me of finding my own way. And so, you know, the work in progress at the moment is me creating something that has an imprint from me in it, actually, because I don't think we can leave no footprints. I think we leave imprints on each other. And For me, the imprint that I leave contains spirituality and it contains solution focus. It's based in the stillness, the oneness at the centre of everything and the movement in the world, the world that is changing all the time. So how's it starting to show in your work, this oneness, spirituality, kind of the post-menopause Sue? Yeah, you know, I don't even mind talking about this because for so long it's been kept quiet and sidelined. You know, this is a major thing. It's a major factor. And going through this transition, it's kind of like going through the fire and kind of being born into this energy. And it's showing up in a new kind of sovereignty that I'm finding in a way that I haven't before, in a new kind of discernment about what to say yes and no to. So I, you know, I've previously, I'd do anything to help people out. And, you know, I'd always put myself last and, you know, because I was just brought up to take care of people. And I took care of two old people, taking care of my daughter, you know, taking care of my husband, taking care of all of this. And now it's my time. And it's something about the sovereignty. And I think this is really important for women. It's really important that as women, we're able to stand up and be seen in this. You know, every time I try and create a niche, I think, oh, what about that? And do you know what? You know, I love you guys, but there's plenty out there for white men in the world. You know, there's needs to be more for the women. And it's about awakening that sacred feminine power. And so that's coming to fore in its sovereignty, in how I want to work, who I want to work with, creating my own way, which absolutely is solution focused in the way it touches the world. And it's deeply spiritual and it's deeply transformational life support system, really. It's a life support system for people that has SF running through it and an awful lot more. I love what you say and I'm very, very grateful that you share it as clearly. And there are many aspects in it. So on the one hand, the importance of finding your own style or finding, you know, the way how you would love to work. 
what's important for you in your work and then on the other hand also talking about menopause talking about all these topics that are still widely taboo topics and people don't talk as much about it and I think it's such an important thing not only to talk about that but also to share your story and by that give an example of how it can work and also to me it's very very encouraging to listen to you and to feel with how much love you do it and I highly appreciate that you not only talk about the divine feminine but also about the divine masculine because I think that we need both in this world and so do you I know <laughs> and I think it's really important to talk about these things and I feel that solution focused at least when it comes to me and I get a feeling that it's for you quite the same that solution focus with its pureness and not in its pureness but with its pureness is always the essence of life and so is spirituality for me and I know that there are quite some people who don't like the word essence <laughs> when we talk about solution focus and essence then for us it's the condensed thing that's there and it's always so clear to the point it's this simple things we do that can make life easy and joyful and I feel the the more I went on my spiritual path the more I understood solution focus somehow <laughs> the other way around maybe yeah I think that's really really relevant I can say for sure that knowing solution focus has helped me with my journey and I think my journey has helped with solution focus so I think you know, we talk about accepting everything, don't we, in Solution Focus, accept whatever the client brings. And there's this idea that you must stay at the surface. And if it's important, it will come out. Well, you know, there are some things that can't be fixed, you know, with a Solution Focus question. Sometimes you need estrogen, for goodness sake. You just sometimes, you just need to put estrogen back in your body, you know, and welcoming everything. I think the field is richer for what we include than what we exclude actually oh my god you know while we're on the subject we're recording this the day after the, I mean the unbelievable farce that's unfolding in British politics you know the I can't actually believe it's really happening that you know Boris Johnson is now our prime minister voted in by 0.02% of the population in this great democracy but the thing that breaks my heart about Brexit and what's going on is that it's all about division and separation and fear and it's not bringing us together You know, in the words of Joe Cox, who was the MP that was murdered, you know, she was all about there's more that we have in common than we have that divides us. And I think this whole field really benefits from the cross-pollination and the openness and the willingness to hear each other. I think purity is good and I don't think it's good in isolation. We're sitting here in your kitchen and there is a second part, a sofa in your kitchen and a window with flip charts and post-its on it. And there the word reset, reset for teams, reset for change, reset for menopause, and also the reset spiral are words that are on there. And when I hear you, this word reset makes so much sense. So what is it all about for you? And what is the reset spiral about? 
Yeah, it's a great question and it's emerging live. This actually came to me just a couple of weeks ago as I was really wrestling with stuff. And in this time I've been out, this kind of year and a half of sabbatical that I've had while I've been healing, I've also done the artist's way as a journey and I've been reconnecting with all sorts of things that are important, that creativity. And the reset for change spiral is my way of bringing together these various aspects because, you know, we talk about changes happening all the time in the manifest world. And it is, it's happening all the time in the manifest world. Boris Johnson won't be prime minister forever. And if we still have a country left, there might be something for our children to do afterwards. But all of that's happening at the edges. And solution focus is really brilliant doing the things at the edges. And by the edges, I mean this manifest life, you know, as Gregory Bateson would have talked about all of the things that are happening here and interconnected. And so solution focus is really great for that, for helping people make changes where the change is happening. And at the centre the oneness at the core of everything, nothing ever changes. And in fact, nothing actually really exists, which is why when you sit in satsang or meditation or mindfulness or in an ice bath, there is actually nothing else going on out there and there's utter stillness. And so reset is about giving you an option to interact in a way of making change in your life at whatever level you want. So at the outer edges of the spiral, that's the manifest. And at the very centre, there's the oneness. And I have interests, skills, passions and ways to work with all of those. And as we were saying, you know, I can't really go forward into my future, which I've kind of drawn as my preferred future. You know, I have it visioned without all of that coming together, because that's so important to me. It's one of the reasons I turned away from organizational work a bit, because I didn't really care. You know, I was doing that work with Solution Focus and Six Sigma. I almost needed that journey, which I then exited from, to know that that wasn't what I wanted to do, because I was still at that time being pulled in different directions, and I was still willing to go in somebody else's direction. And I think having had that experience, it's helped me to keep coming back to my sovereignty, my direction. And reset is an opportunity for people to enter either a one-hour solution-focused conversation or a one-day full retreat where you get the full works, you know, deep and surface level. Or who knows, I'm still developing it, but it's about not being afraid to bring the imprint that is us. And it's interesting because there are many people that have written many things about solution focus and really what else is there to write? You know, you don't need another book. And I've never really had an intention to write a book, but I do remember having a conversation with Danny Meyer at that first CE conference in Visegrad, which I think is where you two met. How gorgeous. When Danny said to me, and I'm sure he won't mind me sharing this, Sue, where is your book? And I said, oh, I don't have a book, Danny. I haven't written a book. And he said, well, you know, we need your book. And I said, well, Danny, supposing that you had my book in your hands and you were looking at it, what would you be reading? And he said, well, the book of Sue, of course. <laughs> and it happened that when we talked about making this podcast, you asked us the question, what would you like to talk with me about and we said we would love to talk with you and with the Sue so we want to have the Sue podcast <laughs> or the podcast with Sue <laughs> I have to say you know my ego says don't do it my humility says okay but I think it's important that we show up and somebody has to go first oh what's the quote from Marianne Williamson As we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. 
And I think it's time, maybe, you know, if more of that license is encouraged and permitted. As you say, you've interviewed so many people with your podcast, you know, even the three guys at Brief all do it differently. They each have their own flavour. And I think Evan George would describe it as, you know, there's not just one topping on the pizza. Everybody has their own preferred toppings. And I think it's important that you are able to find your own voice within the context of solution-focused work. Wow. Thank you very much for sharing your story of development, your reset story. Looking back on your journey, you shared so many things that were relevant and important. And if there's one more thing, you say, yes, in addition to what I've said, this was really important for me to see, to learn, to find out. It might also be relevant for other people. What could that be? Or what else could that be? There's a lot happening about how do we spread SF in the world. And the UK conference last week was all about hope in action and conversation. And on one level, you might say the world is in a really scary, dangerous way right now with everything that's happening. But on the level of oneness, we might also say everything is absolutely perfect because how could it not be? So I think whether you are learning SF now, whether you're an experienced person, whether you're applying it, just know that wherever you are right now is absolutely perfect. And there's always one small step you can take in the direction of the better that you want. And if we all do that, then eventually the world is going to get better. What a beautiful thing to focus on, to make the world a better place from a place of love, oneness. Yes. <laughs> I can feel it coming on. <laughs> So let's come to the challenge of the week. So the challenge of the week. This can be hard to do if you're really having a tough time and easier to do if you're having a good time. So I suggest you start with the easy version. Try both. Wherever you are, whatever's happening right now, if you can radically accept it as being part of the unfolding of the whole, the oneness that we are all part of and that is unfolding through us and in the world, I invite you to practice both radical acceptance in this moment that everything is absolutely perfect in the big scheme of things and everything can change in an instant if we just keep focused on where we're headed and the next tiny, tiny step. So I invite you in your life over the next 24 hours to take any moment accept it radically and ask from this moment, am I moving in the direction of my preferred future with intention? Thank you very much for this challenge. And please let us know how the challenge of the week went or how the challenge of the week goes and share with us how you did it so that we can all learn together from each other. And please also let us know what inspired you in our conversation with Sue and comment in the comment field of this podcast on www.sfontour.com slash simplyfocuspodcast and then go to episode number 76. And if you would like to read the book of Sue, leave a comment in the comment section on www.sfontour.com slash simplyfocuspodcast and then go to episode number 76. Please don't forget to leave this comment. <laughs> so Sue, 
thank you very, very much for this conversation. Thank you very much for your openness. And I really, as a woman, highly appreciate the way how you talk about your story, your development, and how you are present with all your beauty, strength, power, vulnerability. It's a beautiful picture, and I can't wait to come to one of your retreats <laughs> in the future. Great. Watch this space. Thank you both so much. It's been an absolute joy and privilege to be with you. Thank you very much. Very much likewise. And we're looking forward to an evening with you and your family. And they can tell you all the stories about how I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do that. And thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. 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 Wow. What a great episode again. Do you like the Simply Focus podcast? Well, help Elfie and Dominic spread the word. Give the Simply Focus podcast an excellent rating on iTunes and Google Play and other platforms. And share your thoughts and inspirations with others by commenting at www.sfontour.com slash simplyfocuspodcast. Then go to this episode. This was the Simply Focus podcast with Elfie Cherney and Dominic Odat, your podcast for a life in joy and ease.